0: The Recovery Greenhouse is a podcast dedicated to the growth of ideas, concepts, and outlooks that support recovery and recovering communities. I'm Gerald Watt. I'm your host and the person in long-term recovery. I'm also the founder and executive director of Salt Valley Voices of Recovery. We're a recovery community organization serving Northwest Illinois. I'm a certified recovery support specialist, entrepreneur, father. After a long list of careers, I found my calling in helping others to find recovery. I work with people all the time, and and different advisory groups and such. And one thing I've come to realize is that there's a, a constant. The constant being that there's no pain, no gain. You know, you're not going to get sober comfortably. You're not going to beat this thing that's been killing you without going through some kind of uh, inconvenience and, and and turmoil in your life. Uh, and so you know, every week we take, uh, the time to meet somebody who's working in the field and kind of see if they don't confirm that. Today, my, my guest is Dr. Rob Kelly of the Rob Kelly Group, a worldwide organization helping addicts and, and, uh, people with alcoholism to, to find new ways of living, uh, based out of San Antonio, but with, with offices world. So, uh, Hi, hi, Rob, how are you? You doing okay? I'm doing good, man. Thank you, Gerald, for having me on. It's gonna be amazing. Absolutely, man, absolutely. So honored. I, I We haven't met officially, so I, I had to go do a deep dive into, you know, your, your footprint on the <coughs> internet and listen to some talks you've done. And I, I was just blown away. I, I really appreciate some of the things you have to say about childhood trauma, Thank changing you, neural, uh neural, connectivity Uh, i guess you would call it so um
1: thank you for being there of course man thank you so much honored to be here myself
0: so let me ask man you know we're in a we're in a little rural town 100 miles west of chicago uh everybody knows everybody kind of place a lot of uh a lot of inadvertent stigma right you know because i knew your grandmother and your grandmother knew me and you know, so we all know each other's history and uh, it's hard to break out of some of the uh, the cycles that we find ourselves in. And that, you know, when I, I lived in originally in Chicago and it was easy just to go the other side of town, you could reinvent yourself, you know, but you can't do that these days. And you, and it's certainly getting harder to do with the Internet. Have you seen uh, have you seen people's histories coming around to, to bite them in the butt? oh many many times you know but
1: uh one one of the things we do is to try and get the stigma removed so we go back i've been in the industry about 30 years but i've been in america for about 18 and when we came to america that was our biggest impact um we work with a-listers movie stars you know musicians ceos and stuff like that we're trying to get that stigma you know, taken away, but it's not happening. Most of the guys that we, that's why right, Most of the guys that we uh, become patients, then they don't want their names and, you know, uh, faces put out there. So you'll see our social media, apart from my personal Facebook, is very sparse. We say what we have to say. <clears throat> so we keep trying. It's coming out of the closet, slowly but surely, but I can categorize with over 8,000 patients over the 30 years. And if I was to mention 6,000 of them, he, everybody would know who they are. So it's kind of a stigma, but kind of not, because there's a lot of people, people look up to, if only they'd come out, stigma would be dropped.
0: Are you familiar with a, a, a movie called Anonymous People? No, and no. Williams is a great movie. <clears throat> it, it, talks about, uh, it talks about the misreading of the an- anonymity tradition. In in 12 step right it, it talks about the fact that you know there's there's the. The the the. Uh, the, the opposing concepts of uh, we grow through promotion and, and or we don't grow through promotion we go through attraction yeah. but. Everybody in here is hiding who they are, so nobody knows who to be attracted to, right? Yeah. And yeah. um and it talks about back in uh mid seventies, I guess it was, a a group of A-listers, you know, Dick Van Dyke, uh Buzz Aldrin, a few other guys got together and, you know, wanted to come out of the shadows and say, We are alcoholics and we're still doing amazing stuff. And yeah. it just kinda happened to hit at the exact same time as <laughs> on drugs. And uh, and and it got pushed back down. But I I agree with you. If if people knew some of the people that there are their heroes who have dealt with this, it would it yeah. would change their perspective.
1: Definitely, definitely. You know, and uh, it's it's part of. Uh, I mean, everybody knows somebody who is suffers from alcoholism or addiction. That's where we are today in the world. <clears throat> um, So, and, and I, I ask people all the time, you know, do you know somebody who suffers? They go, no, and I go, well, it's probably you. Nine times out of ten, <laughs> right.
0: right?
1: Yeah, it's right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we love what we do because we do what we love. But what we found with with it, we, alcoholism and, and drug addiction are different. I'm just going to put that out there. Alcoholics are born, drug addicts are made. But we got into the neuroscience. uh, <clears throat> got into neuroscience pertaining to addiction as a whole and we studied we've been studying this for 20 odd years proven tests trials experiments uh, lab trials and we find that although there's not a cure there's certainly a permanent abstinence that can be attained with the mind and neural pathways and you know three parts of the brain let's say an alcoholics are born different to any other person any other addiction ever invented and that's the basal ganglia the hypothalamus are the three that that are different to normal people I'm
0: sorry you broke up there for a second before you said the last one
1: amygdala the amygdala is where it's like a smoke alarm for the brain. It's where the trauma uh with the process brain is stored so when people hear that for the first time that's not impossible alcohol has one percent to do with alcoholism and the same with drug addiction it's not a problem alcoholism is a predisposition passed down from generation to generation they skip a generation, but it's there. So I often say to people, if you think you're an alcoholic, but you can't trace uh, three generations back as addiction or alcohol and problems, then you're not an alcoholic. You're somebody who abuses alcohol. And there's a huge difference between someone who abuses alcohol. He looks like an alcoholic. Oh, Jimmy, Day drinks every day as an alcoholic. Doesn't make difference how much you drink. Uh, 10 DUIs, DWIs off the off the place doesn't make you an alcoholic. A warning from the doctor does not make you an alcoholic. I have a biochemical reaction to the ethanol in alcohol, and they have a mind that wants to kill me and make it look like an accident. So that's the layman's term. So one of the reasons that we have a 97% success rate is because of this is because of the neuroscience is because of the brain spot in NLP, normal psychology, you have to understand how the brain works. And how the mind is different than the brain It sits inside the brain. And we as human beings, with the help of God, or any higher power that you have, um, can can decide before it shoots off to the to the negative neural pathways. So when we have a spiritual awakening, which we find some sort of energy, because the mind is energy, and there's energy out there that subtracts. Once we have a spiritual experience, and what's called a psychic change in uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, we knew, know it now as uh, rewind the brain, then your DNA changes.
0: But so, DNA so, actually changes. So I guess I, I'm, I'm stuck at you said that <clears throat> alcoholics born, drug addicts are made, and you don't, you don't see the same... Uh, Deficiencies in the three areas in, in drug addicts.
1: Well, drug addicts are ninety-five uh, percent of heroin addicts that come to us started in the doctor's office. Addicts have the addictive personality, but they're not born that way. Alcoholics are born with a deformity, so we're allergic to alcohol from day one. Uh, drug addicts, anybody else does not does not have the allergy they have the continuous going back now to the layman they, they they show up just the same. Well, it's all the same. It's not, it talks about this in the big book, but it talks about this back in the twenties and thirties, when they were doing tests around it, is that they're different. If I take a drug and I have the addictive personality and I never take one again, I'm not going to be a drug addict. If I take one beer, if I'm an alcoholic, I'm done. It will eventually break out into alcoholism, which the three choices help jail or death. And
0: I suffered all of them three. So, as, as, did, I, as did I, several times. And, and, and you know, the, the interesting thing, I know myself to be an alcoholic, and I can trace back the three generations, as you said, but I do know myself to be an alcoholic, although I can't say that I've ever suffered the, the, the alcohol induced bottom because before i allow it to get there i divert to drugs right but for me i have the same reaction with cocaine as i do with alcohol once i start once i take that first hit of cocaine i am in the same you know allergic reaction wanting more just like alcohol for for the alcoholic so i i guess i'm shocked by your distinction I I, I've never I've never considered that. And of course,
1: for the guys listening at home and don't know me, you know, before you start writing letters to uh, Gerald, um, I I've done white papers at um, McLean Hospital, which is Harvard University. I've wrote many white papers on this, and Clastin was one of the geniuses in the addiction industry. We're very quiet; we don't put our names out there. But yeah, we're we're leading the way in the neuroscience behind it, and people are shocked. You know, it's um, like alcohol and drugs. Again, have nothing to do with it. And people think they do. If you can just stop drinking, Gerald. If you can just stop taking drugs, Gerald. Come on, Rob, for your kids. I stabbed my wife three times one night, Gerald, because she won't let me finish my bottle of vodka. So my kids out for alcohol. That's not a choice, okay? When they both show up the same, it's the same thing. We don't have a choice but they're just, for, for medical reasons only, they are, they are different, the alcoholic and the addict are different, show up the same, layman's terms, just the same, can't control their drugs or alcohol, which becomes true. It's just, the, it's just certain things like the allergy, like the basal ganglia, <clears throat> which is our repetition confirms part of the brain. So if I wanted to drive a car 20, 30 hours, you know, the circle completes and what seemed a hard task, now is easy. So well, I start to drive, I've got to concentrate, you know, this mini car looks like a bus. And after a month or two, I can reverse down the driveway, say bye to the wife, listen to the radio, all at the same time, because it's a knee-jerk reaction. It's a working part of the mind. It becomes, it becomes embedded in the basal ganglia. So the neural pathways, how to drive, there are billions here, are solidified. So that's always gonna be with me. So <clears throat> it's the same <clears throat> when, we, when we try and change. You know, it's like the basal ganglia. What happens is we start with the top 12 o'clock. Everything's great. We start to get sober, get the kids back, get the wife back, get the car, get the new job. And then bang, about 10 to the hour, we self-sabotage. Can one person give me a reason? No, you can't. You give me a thousand excuses. Well, they're they're excuses. You can't give me a reason. So therefore, when the basal ganglia comes to about 10 to the hour and we self-sabotage, there's something wrong with the basal ganglia we don't act like normal people
0: and that's right really solu- I can give you a salute I can give you a a reason the reason is because alcohol and drugs are my solution because I can't cope with everything that you described <clears throat> right I would say that was an
1: excuse but yeah that's, that's one reason yeah
0: I mean uh, most time we, think- we
1: can't tell we can't say oh, really- why did you relapse. you go I don't know
0: Right, because I'm because I can't handle getting up in the morning and, and you know it, it's in the book what does it say we've tried a million different ways you know well I've also failed you know I'm, I'm done light bulb of trying to uh, deal with problems without going through any pain right and until I'm willing to be sad and to Realize that I'm not the center of the universe until I'm willing to realize that I'm not going to w- walk out in the streets and people are going to throw gold and uh, and and confetti, right?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Life definitely. hurts and I hate it, but when I'm drunk, I don't feel it.
1: No, we we <clears throat> when the relapse happens, it's for me. When I used to relapse, it's all all bets are off, you know. And i I've done enough damage to last. 20 lifetimes in my past so again that situation so the idea is is the question we start asking ourselves 20 years ago was why does that happen why suddenly is it a trigger we we don't we don't like the word triggers it's a, it's a it's a brain recall it's a memory recall that sets us back but what we we don't have choice of whether we drink or not while we're suffering we do have choice when we recovered mentions recovered 17 times in the big book mentions uh recover nine times and the only time it mentioned recovering is to the wives and to the employers so it's definitely you can recover from this we're going through I'm a big book guy I love big but on on the top the very first line when it says alcoholics anonymous if you read underneath it says this is this is the story of many hundreds of men and women who have recovered from alcoholism so you can recover mind and body yeah so there's no you can't there's no cure but you can be in, it's like, it's like, there's no cure for food poisoning, or the common cold. right? So I, I, I had food poisoning once I went to the doctor and he's like, oh, oh my God, you, you know, here's some pills, drink loads of water. And when you finish and you get well, again, uh, you will have recovered from food poisoning. So I said, well, there must be a cure. No, there's no cure. But let me, this is what he said, Gerald. let me give a few simple steps to make sure you don't get, get in that situation again. Right. And what happened to AA as a whole back in the day when it was 99% success rate as opposed to four percent today is people today read the steps wrong and they read the book wrong. The amount of people that go to AAB and has never seen a book. Step one, I ask people all the time, hey listen, what's step one? What are our powers over alcohol? No, I don't say that. Yeah, it does. Well, read it. We admitted we were powerless. Right. right. I passed four liquor stores to come into the office today, Gerald. You think I was powerless? And this is the stuff that changes the mind and changes the reasoning around. Just because you're an alcoholic doesn't mean you're destined to drink yourself to death. In actual fact, some of the trials and tests that we've done with alcoholics and addicts once say sober, some of the smartest brains in the world were I freaking agree. geniuses. I agree.
0: My wife has summer shandy that she bought a year ago in the refrigerator <coughs> and I pushed it to the side yeah. because, as you said, I was powerless. Once I hit step 11, I regained my power. Right? right? And and so yeah, you know. in my mind, you know, there's groups out there that are telling people, "Hey, we're going to take a step a month." Right? And in my mind, I don't get the power to beat my 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 addiction, my alcoholism till step 11. <laughs> so you're telling me you want me to suffer for 11 months. And and just say no, right? Well, thank you Nancy Reagan, but I'm good. I, you know, I'm going to find somebody who's going to get me through those steps as quickly as possible to give me through this <laughs> spiritual change so that I can live my life without having this thing beating me down.
1: So when you look at the book about that, see, I've traveled all over the world with AA for, I don't know, 40 years. And I would say that uh, 80% of people in any AA moving around the world uh, are not alcoholics. They're people. They already go to the doctor and all that. But you look, if if, if you look at it as a whole, you know the compulsion must be taken away. Then that's and that's what the book tells us. Uh, you know, there's 351 God words in the first 164. There's 130 promises, the promises that have to come true, not just the nine you see on the wall or whatever it is. That you know, there's 120 messages that that the writers want you to understand. And there's 137 seven guaranteed uh, movements. I can't remember what Must words. You know, we must do, if I want to get in this place, I must do this. You know, but people go to AA now, nowadays, <clears throat> and by the way, if you don't know, Joe, I'm the guy that's, that voices things when other people only think about it and don't do it, but I don't care. You know, the real AA is amazing. The real book is far beyond it's years. In fact, I don't, I, I,
0: don't I don't believe in the stories. I don't listen to the stories. I've never, never read it. My, my book, my book,
1: book, right? It's this big, my book. Okay. That's 64. Honestly, and i have mentioned the big book as one of, of one of the leading if somebody wants to know about it or recover it's one and me i went to oxford i've studied you know at uh, southampton university and across the world um the number one book pertaining to the recovery of alcoholic is the is the big book of alcoholics anonymous the, end of story you know they talk about psychic change and, and people go, psychic change, I don't know what that is. But you look at the medical fraternity 10 years ago, they found out about neuroplasticity and the brain. You can remold, it's the same thing as a psychic change. How do, how do they know? Right. But I, I mean, and many of the stuff, I do, I do a talk and it's, a, it's neuroscience linking to the guys in 1938, 39 and wrote that book. And it's mind blowing how they're both tie up.
0: Yeah. Well, let me ask, you a minute. So, so you seem to be from you seem to be from the same side of the table I'm on. So, I'm going to ask you, a bit. How do you feel about that? Not, I'm not going to. I'm not going to shade my my question. How do you feel about? an acceptance was the key. Acceptance. I mean, for me, I mean, I had to. It depends what
1: acceptance you're talking about. But I had to, I had to accept first of all that obviously I had a problem. I'm the alcoholic. Blah blah blah. But uh, the acceptance that people are talking, well, talking- about.
0: Is- I'm talking about that statement as you hear it around the tables. You know, oh, page 449 or 417 or whatever. Acceptance was the key. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. I've never read it, but yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I feel like old timers throw that around and new guys walk in and what they hear is not what was written. because I had to accept that I was alcoholic, they hear, "Oh, I got to accept that my wife was cheating on me." "Oh, yes. I got to accept that I got passed over for a job." And my version of the 12 steps does not say that. My oh. version says, "I'm supposed to stand up for myself and be something." Yes.
1: I like that, Gerald. I like that. And you know what? The second worst misquote that this is what would kill people. When I hear people say this, how many people have you killed with that line? Is I can choose a God of my own understanding. Never says that in the big book. He said, choose a God, there's millions of gods, as you understand him with a capital H. Right? Don't say that. Well, you know, them guys are relapsing over and over because you're not reading the freaking book. You're pretending you know. Then we've got all the sponsors who are sponsoring 20 and 30 people. It's like, shut up. You've never gone through the program. You're not an alcoholic. You've never read the book. If you're misquoting or quoting something else about recovering from alcoholism in Alcoholics Anonymous, and it doesn't come from a book, it's your opinion. And guess what? Your opinion is going to kill me. So shut up. Sit down. I don't care how many years you've got. You've got nothing to say in these rooms.
0: There's a... There's a speaker I got turned on to a dozen years ago uh out of Texas somewhere, probably lives next door to you, a guy named Mike Robin Raymer. R. Raymer?
1: Uh, Robin R? Oh, that- no. I, I was thinking of Chris, uh, Chris Raymer, yeah, and Myers I like Rayner. him,
0: too. But oh, I love him. He was my all of those, And the thing that got me was like, you're sitting in a meeting, and some guy keeps talking about how he can't get his cat to stay in in the house. Meanwhile, there's a guy sitting in the corner who's about to come apart. If he, you know, he's gonna go blow his brains out tonight cause he can't do this anymore. And we're wasting that man's time. And And so I, I, at, at some points, I think I've, I've become overzealous in my in my 12 stepping because, uh, you know, I take it extremely serious, man. Yeah, but it's-, well, it's a serious disease and there is
1: a solution. It's like, you know, I, I get sponsors still coming to keen time through steps yeah we we'll do a, we're going to read the book first let's get a full knowledge of your condition that's what the so that might take three or four days, then we do the steps in two days. The old times come on so you, you're misleading and I grab I grab the book and I go look step five after step five go home and then look over the book. Come back. Finish I mean, well, it isn't a race for me. Well, it's a race for me because I'm freaking dying of untreating alcoholism. And just because you can stay 12 months of being sold because you're not the real alcoholic, you expect me to do that. So what happens to the newcomers who are real alcoholics? They think that they're the odd one out. It's like, Jimmy's been sober for 20 years. It must be amazing. No, Jimmy went there because his wife told him he was an alcoholic. So he can go there all the time and have a laugh and a joke. This is serious business, guys. If, if you, if your sponsor's not got through you through that book and at least step one, before you leave him and the other two steps within a week at the most, get somebody else, get, unless you're not the alcoholic, get someone else. Cause it's going to kill you. Jimmy's you know? going to like, the
0: meeting cause he's lonely.
1: Yeah. Well, you, 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 what you, you said in to talk five to. minutes, if you go past all my, all my talks, you'll find what you said on, on some of the, the stuff I've been on. It's true. First of all, we haven't got time, and we're allowing these guys to come in who are lonely, who, who can't find a partner. You see, back in the day, 1938, 39, and 40, there was a 99% success rate around Akron, obviously. And here's what happened to AA, guys, I'll tell you. What happened to AA is the, the treatment center was born with the Betty Fords and the likes and what AA allowed to do, we allowed them guys to come in into our meetings, and we allowed them to tell us what a bad day they're having. And look at my cat; do you think he's an alcoholic? We allowed that as 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 a group. And what happened was AA buckled under that weight, and we still go on today with these guys that love to hear themselves talk. And if you're not talking about the solution, what are you doing? like He's you said, going on in the corner, dying of untreated alcoholism is going to go on. What, what have you done? You've told the freaking story, big deal. You're going to kill him. What have you done? Tell him how long you've been sober for 20 years and you are still have a bad day today, but wrong, that's still going to kill him. What have you got in your ammunition? Either book or voice is going to save his life that day. Cause if you haven't shut up, you ain't got nothing to say. And that's what gets me
0: on my high horse. You know, and and I'm sitting up on the same high horse with you, man. Right. You know, and and the thing is for me, I know how hard it was for me to finally get there, man. Well, I wasn't sober. I was dry multiple times. I then got sober and stayed sober for five years and then did another dry, relapsed. And now I've come back. I have earned my seat at that table. And I I look at people around the table and, and I tell them all the time. Not here to save the next man right then you're not here for the right reason you're supposed to have gotten this when you did the 12 steps
1: exactly we go to bear witness that's the only reason I'm is to bear witness that are still suffering alcoholic. I'm not going to tell you stories if there's only no you guys there. I'm going to shut up and just sit there and just listen to the moaning, the piss and moan every day. You know, if, if this is not about stopping the alcohol, this is about how good is your life right now? Because I'll tell you something, and I know this for being wealthy these days. But when I get, to, if I let's let's lay out the line right here. If I get to heaven and, and Saint Peter opens and God's there or Jesus is there, he's not going to say, "Hey Rob, how big was your car? How, how expensive was your house?" Do you know he's going to ask Gerald? You know this. It's going to, "How many people did you help? How many people yeah. did you save from a dying death and led to me? How many, Rob?" And I let can me, ask you with pride. Let me,
0: throw, let me throw one at you, right? My third step prayer does not say take away my difficulties so that Gerald can have a great life.
1: Wow, yeah, 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 definitely,
0: yeah. My third step prayer says take away my difficulties so that I can bear witness to your power. Yes. Right? Yes, that definitely. is it. I don't, I, I was sitting in an all recovery <clears throat> meeting once and a guy who, you know, had burned up everybody in his family for I don't know how long. And, and everybody's like, oh my God, you got sober for the you know 99th time. And the guy goes, yeah, well, you know, I'm just ready because I feel like I deserve a good life. You don't deserve a good life. Y- you gave that up. You yeah. traded your good life for something you shot in your arm, right? What you deserve is to sit there, shut up and wait for somebody to come along that you can help so that you can repay some of your God points.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I just keep like guys coming to
1: our meeting, they never leave. There's about 80 people. We started it from two people only, me and another guy. But uh, if you come in our meeting, you're not leaving, not without getting help or, or giving a big book and you go through the first X amount of pages straight away. It's like suddenly the biggest realization is it's not about me, right? it's about the guy that's going to go, like you said, you know, shoot. My, my wife's brother did that, man. He was at an event, everything seemed good. He was an alcoholic, couldn't stop. Uh, his family were there, his kids were there, and he says, I'm just going home for 20 minutes, went home, walked straight in the garage, took a gun out and shot himself in the face. That's alcoholism. It's not, oh, I'm having a bad day, blah, blah. blah. This is life or death we're talking about. And then if you're lucky, if you go through the steps and you have the spiritual awakening and psychic change, we get to help other people. We get that gift of recovery to other people. No, it's not about me. Why, why the hell is it about me? You know, it's about, if you're not helping someone on a daily basis, if you're not changing the world on a daily basis, go drink. Go drink. Because you're selfish, inconsiderate, dishonest. If you're sat there thinking you're and you're sat at home, go to one meeting a week, and you never really take any calls off people, go drink. Sorry, but I, go drink.
0: I, 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 a lot of times guys say oh yeah take your time through the st- steps and I said well let me ask you if you fell in a hole and I put a ladder down to you with 12 rungs to get out are you going to stay on one rung for a month and then another rung for a month or are you going to climb your ass out right yeah you know? and they're the guys that die and I I,
1: I I was second side of people dying inside and outside of, of of AA and NA and CA because of lack of knowledge so you can't really be in a meeting with me and, and pull that because you're not caught in the book and you're wrong. and and I, and I'm I'm like Chris raymer If I'm in a meeting you're there and you miscaught, I will stand up and pull you. No crosstalk, shut up. He's telling people the wrong stuff that's gonna kill him. and And I know a lot of people hate me in AA and that's fine. Keep doing it because you're the guys that I'm not talking to. I'm talking to the guys that are dying of untreated alcoholism. I'm talking to the guys that's recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body uh, and go about to bear witness that are still suffering alcoholics. I'm talking to them. You guys that come here because you're sad and lonely or whatever it is, that's fine, man. But when a newcomer comes in the door, again, shut up. You've got nothing to say. Shut it yeah, off. a lot of people off, but you know, it has to be said.
0: Well, you know, I mean, if we want to do Oprah's book club, I'm all for it. Like yes. you said, right? If nobody's got a problem and we're all <coughs> good, then let's have at it. Yes. But when a guy comes in and says, this is my first meeting.
1: I always right? say that I'm not anonymous in AA, but I really value your anonymity. So I, I announced myself, as my name's Rob Kelly with two B's and I'm an alcoholic because imagine how many rubs there are in my town. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care you know plus the work I do everyone knows that I'm, I'm a recovered alcoholic and been through everything and was homeless with alcohol you know it's like let's concentrate on what can be done and not and not what what has done already you go back and you clear we call the see in the crime you go back you clear up the scene of the crime you make sure you're good you you act, you act a good Samaritan every single day like the book says And uh, you go on and you help as many people as you can, and you have fun along the way. That is recovery for me. That, you know, the money and the the TV and the books and and movies that that I do, that keeps my wife happy and pays the mortgage, I guess, but it's got nothing to do with me. I never touch that side of the business. I have about 20 staff, you know, everyone needs paying, but that's not me. I take on on 25% pro bono uh, every month, and every single one of my counselors and psychotherapists must, Carry, carry an AA or pro bono client. And if they don't, you don't get any work off me. I will not you give you any patience. It's just, we, we regularly every year, me and my wife give $150,000 back into the community. And what we do, we're looking for one parent families or we're looking for the dad who's fighting for a weekend battle for his kids. And we'll buy him suits, we'll pay his legal fees. You know, if mom's been left with two kids, we'll pay the apartment for a year. That's the stuff we do religiously. That's what we do. We have people turn up in the office, go, Rob, I've been thrown out, I don't know where to go. We'll take care of you. So we started the Rob Kelly Foundation about six months ago uh, to add to that because, <clears throat> if, I mean, we're a multi-million dollar company. What am I gonna do, sit here and do nothing? No, mm-hmm. I work from 6 a.m. until 11, 11 a.m. The rest of my time are open to calls and helping people. Cause that's what I think my life is. I, I mean, I can today cause God's blessed me cause I bless other people, but y- you can get, you could go buy a Porsche, man. You go buy a Lamborghini, you go buy a million dollar house. It's nice, but you know what trumps all of that? Stopping at a gas station and seeing a woman there squeezing $4 of, of gas into a car, there's four kids in the back and you can tell that are not dressed properly. What I go up to them, I fill the tank and I give them a hundred dollars maybe. I don't do it. I'm not taking selfies or photographs, I do that because that's God's work. Right. That's and I do it and it gives me such more, such a sense. You know, people say, to, I lost my kids, I've never seen my youngest one in 30 years, but my eldest one got in touch with me four years ago, she now works for me. but. You know when you lose stuff like that you realize what life's all about you know and, and it's all about helping people and, and a lot of people don't believe what we do and a lot of people say we're, we're crazy giving money away but
0: it's, no that's what we do. I, I don't say you're crazy because i learned at the same school you did right because i was told if i if i want to keep it i got to give it away and that's not just my sobriety that yeah. that's, that's my money man <laughs> I, I i'm i'm the same way i I'll have 10 bucks in my pocket and I'll give it to somebody. God, God's been taking care of me so long. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know, if, what, what's the, the saying? If God will take care of the birds. He'll take care yes. of me. Right, yeah. right? So,
1: right. So, Even when I was homeless, Gerald took care of me, seven suicide attempts. And on two occasions I was dead and he brought me back. I tried jumping off buildings. It didn't work. I tried cutting my wrist. Didn't work. I tried pills. Didn't work. God's chosen these people to go forward and you're gonna come through. I can tell you this though, all the shit that I went through, the loss of kids, houses, wives, all the homelessness, the begging, all that stuff does not become a pain in the backside. It becomes my greatest asset. It was like it was like a semester at Harvard. Then 14 months of spent the information I got from that. So if you're at home, guys' listeners and you're going through some crap, it's only because you've been you're being taught you're getting experience of how to deal with people when you move forward. Because no matter what God's putting you through now, someone's gonna come to you one day and go, What do you know, Jimmy? You've never been homeless. Check. You've never lost your kid, check. And people do that today to me, especially in newcomers. If they see me on TV, they see the car I drive and the house What do you know? And I can sit down with you. Let me tell you. 20 odd years right. I was homeless.
0: Right.
1: Tell right. you how God's my uh, life. Uh, you know? And yeah. you know what? And you might hear. I hope you heard this, Gerald. I hope you heard it. When I go in sometimes and somebody mentions Jesus once, and oh Jesus Christ. And this old timer stood up and he put his bang on the table and he said, "You don't mention Jesus Christ in these rooms." And I stood up and went, "Page eleven, second word." And sat down. And you could see him scurrying, and when he saw the second word, his face dropped. <laughs> like, "Don't tell me," he says, "to Christ." I, I you know, don't don't be saying shit like that. You know, the guys hanging on here by a thread. You know, but uh, One yeah. Thing that I got
0: is, 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 is Christ. He got me to this meeting. And now here you are telling me that, that he's an <clears throat> outlaw in these rooms. Yeah.
1: You know, Dang, I, that's crazy.
0: I tell you, and you know, I've seen so many goofy things in my my career. And I'll <clears throat> tell you, I'm at a meeting one time, and uh and uh, I agree with you about anonymity and saying <clears throat> I am one hundred percent known in my community as you know, somebody in recovery, but I'm at a meeting. A guy has some kind of attack and falls out. I'm close. I'm parked closest to the door, so we throw him in the back of my car and I run him up to the hospital. I put him in the door and I go to park the car and I get back and I say I want to go in to see Jimmy and they say Jimmy who? Exactly. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. So you know, I hope Jimmy was all right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because they were not letting me back to see. Him. <clears throat> yeah. You know, and and so, you know, we got some things happening and and there's some growth that needs to be done. And I don't know that it's my job to fix all that. But what we are trying to do is trying to let people know that. I'm not ashamed of being in recovery, man. Yeah, it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah, my family, my family is better off for it. And they know that that there's a, a lot of people out here like you and I. Yeah. that are doing great things because because god stepped in Yep,
1: yeah. and there's nothing else apart from that he stepped in he saved us uh we, i believe it was always marked me and you were always marked for this work you know we had to go through the stuff we did the losses and the pain you don't know you don't know what is a good time without going through a bad time you don't know what is love unless you've been through pain and and i feel sorry for the what we call the normal people out there that. You know, when they get up in the morning, that's the best they're going to feel that day. When I get up in the morning and I connect with with God and I do all my morning work, life gets better and better and better and better throughout the day. You see, I never have bad days, Gerald. I do have better days than others, but how the hell can I get a bad day when I've just woke up in a dry bed next to my loving wife with my three English bulldogs jumping all over me, give me a break
0: there's a saying and you, we've already talked about all the sayings are idiotic there's that oh it's one day at a time that is not true for me it is two days it's today the day i'm in and it's april 17th of 2008 because on april 17th 2008 it was so bad that i got down on my knees and i said god please either kill me or help me yeah right and so <clears throat> if today isn't as bad as that day then I'm probably going to make it through. Yeah,
1: I love it. Yeah. So, I love it.
0: so I, I know that that when you got to that point, something really dramatic happened. <clears throat> and I don't want you to tell the story you, you you tell out on the circuit, but 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 God stepped in in a big way, didn't
1: he? He did. It was uh, Sunday night, Monday morning. And I was homeless for about 18 months, 14 months, I can't remember. Anyway, I dropped down my hands and knees in the, in the back ends of Manchester and it's raining at the time. And, and I just looked up to the sky and I said, I can't do it. If there's a God up there, I can't do this on my own anymore. And 30 seconds later, a guy went around the corner, go to the—you know took me back to his house. I can stay as long as I can. I went to the meeting, saw this guy called John, he asked me to come around to his apartment um, for 12 weeks, because I said, would you sponsor me? And he said, no. I will be a spiritual advisor for a period of 12 weeks. So every single Wednesday, I'd leave Derek, the guy family on the streets, and I'd walk an hour there, uh, or I think I left at seven, I'm not sure. Anyway, I had to get there dead on the dot. I had to wait if I was early, and then one minute to eight, he'd walk me out. I was really worried about that. We could be in the middle of conversation, but he walked me out. 12 weeks, and I knew on the last day uh, that I would never drink alcohol, but my life had changed and was going to change. And he told me, your life will change from tomorrow, and it did. It was crazy. So I went to the gas station, bought him a little teddy bear about four or five weeks after working with him. Went back to the apartment, there's nobody there. So I was banging on the door, and the right hand neighbor came out and she says, Can I help you? And I said, Where's John? Where has he moved to? And she said, John. I said, Yeah, your neighbor. She said, I've only been there for four months and there's been nobody in that apartment. Mm. So I closed the door, went around to the other side, I knocked on the door, and a big guy came to the door. What do you want? I said, Where the hell has John moved to? Where's he relocated to? And he looked at me and he said, John Who? I'm like, what? I said, the guy next door to you. And this is what he said. Look, look, mate, you're wasting my effing time. Let me tell you, that, that apartment's derelict. You can't go in. So's the bottom apartment. You walk in that thing, there's no floor in it. You got the wrong address, go away. So I went back to the meeting that I'd met him like four months ago. And when I walked in, because of who I am, the chairman's like, oh my God, Rob, you come back amazing. I said, you know, that's John been back. John Who? Went through all this John Hill again. Anyway, I said, it was only the cuff machine talking to him about God and program and he smiled and he said, Rob, you was over near the cuff machine speaking to yourself. We never found that man. And when I got, when I started to get wealthy because of my businesses, I put the best uh, private detective on that case and nobody could find him. Hmm. But what he taught me is 99% of my work today. It's not the degrees. It's not. It's not the neuroscience that he just backs the big up, It's ninety nine percent of what I do today. But he told me, Gerald, he said, guarantee people can recover, fully recover from this disease. And back in the day, people were laughing at me. They were, you know, they were, they wouldn't do anything because I was a big bodybuilder and fighter. But you could hear, you know, in the, in the peripheral vision, and you could hear, oh, here comes Rob the God guy, or here comes again, or, you know. And, and, and I stuck through that like he taught me to do and I stayed, I stayed solid and I, I stayed there every time I go to a meeting and people started getting well and I was holding book studies in meetings and eventually we were, Manchester Library back in the UK held about 500 people. They had a conference room and they gave it to us free of charge and we would have 500 people every three months. Um, walking through the box the steps and everything this is after they've been through the steps on their arm we took them through this he'll start to recover man and amazing things start to happen
0: that's awesome man okay. yeah, I heard that story and, and I was just like goosebumps you know, when I first heard it so thank you for sharing so I'm going to give you your Sunday back man I appreciate you taking the time and, and and, uh, and, and and it's been such a pleasure to meet you. I hope we can continue to, to stay in touch. I, I, I really, um, I see why my team thought that we would make a good match.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, it's absolutely amazing. You're an amazing guy. Thank you for doing what you do. I know it can be a bit lonely sometimes, but really enjoyed the podcast. It was worth giving an hour of my time. Everyone's outside in the pool and I've got to go in and do a podcast with Gerald. It's a Sunday. I said, I know, but, but Courtney calls me and this is what she says you need to meet this guy. And when she said you need to meet this guy, I never said. I said, okay, it's on a Sunday, okay? And here we are, and I'm so blessed to have met you, Joe. Thank you so much, man.
0: You, you and I both, and, and, and as I said, I will definitely, I, I don't meet people and then forget about them, Rob, so let, let's let's definitely stay in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna close up our, our, our <coughs> talk. Um, so this has been my conversation with Dr. Rob Kelly, amazing, amazing man, uh, and head of the Rob Kelly group. As he said, it, you know, he, he deals with the A-listers and, and the, you know, we're the kind of people that no matter who it is, if you, if you need help, we're going we're gonna to try to help and so... Hang on, Gerald, let me say something
1: before I go. You say yeah. Guys, listen, if you're in the place that me and Gerald's been, if you're in that place where you, you know you, you can't do anything, you're not good enough, clever enough, you know, I want to apologize to you, somebody's put that there first of all. But if you're in that place and you guys know what place I mean, 214 is my personal cell phone number. So here's the deal. If you're in that place, text me. You know, it says, Jimmy, welcome me up to. I'll give you a 10 minute pep talk that will change your life. And if I don't, I'll send you $100 for wasting your time. You see, my philosophy is that I would rather spend a few hours with you than hear of your funeral next week.
0: Absolutely. That's big stuff right there. And this is the world we're in, man. This is the world we're in. So if if you need help, you know, Rob just gave you his number. You got, you know, you know how to reach me. Um, go to your local hospital. Go to go to an AA meeting, NA meeting. Uh, go out on the corner and just yell at the top of your lungs. I'm dying here. Do something, but don't do it alone, because alone, you're in, you're you're in bad company. You know, if your mind turns on you, like my mind has turned on me in the past. Uh, the last thing I want to do is take my own advice so I I will say to you uh, please reach out to us at svvor.org or call us 779-707-0151 I know a lot of you guys listening to this on the radio are going to be like oh I couldn't catch Rob's phone number Uh, you can go to uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts all that look up the Recovery Greenhouse listen to this and many other episodes Um, But meanwhile, just don't do this alone. Reach out for help. So uh, until next week, take care of yourself.